Hi, I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Well, it looks like the turmoil in the U.S. banking sector is spreading to Europe. A week ago, UBS had to take over Credit Suisse. Then on Thursday, Germany's Deutsche Bank fell 7%, the most in three years, as the cost of insuring its debt against default surged. On Friday, the stock fell another 3%, sparking a sell-off in European bank stocks. Also on Friday, top U.S. regulators, including Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, sought to reassure depositors and investors by saying, while some banks are under stress, the overall financial system is still sound. But it doesn't look like investors are buying it. At the same time Friday, weekly data showed that deposits at U.S. lenders posted the biggest decline in nearly a year by plunging $98.4 billion to $17.5 trillion in the week ended March 15th, according to the Fed. The decline was entirely due to a plunge a record plunge in deposits at smaller institutions. Deposits at small banks slumped $120 billion, while those for the 25 largest firms rose almost $67 billion. So the first question is, what's going on with Deutsche Bank, Janet Yellen, and the rest of the banking sector? So with Deutsche Bank, this continues to be an extremely fluid situation, and I'm going to attempt to explain uh, some complex variables as, as simple as I can. So first and foremost, Europe's banking system is just not as solid as the United States. Um, they never recapitalized themselves post the European financial crisis, financial crisis. It continues to live kind of on the knife's edge a little bit. And with the whole European Central Bank trying to recapitalize a lot of Europe, it doesn't necessarily bode all that well for the long-term health of those banks. Now, first, it, it's, it continues to be an extremely changing and fluid situation, but Deutsche Bank is not like Credit Suisse. It's not quite the same. So what happened is um, when Credit Suisse went under, there were a lot of tier one bonds that aren't supposed to go to zero in the event of a takeover that actually in the agreement were valued at zero on the dollar. How do you so tell us what a tier one bond is? Tier one bond is basically the first thing in line in the event of a bankruptcy. So in the event of a bankruptcy, the stockholders get essentially paid last. So creditors, bondholders, they get paid first in the order of liquidation. So for a tier one capital security to go to zero is a very, it's a significant event um, per se, because I, I think in the history of you know, financials, the only time a tier one capital bond went to zero, not the only time, but in recent memory was Lehman Brothers. And when you say tier one, are you saying the first people who should get paid or yes. the, the tier one, the kind of a bank it is? No, it, it's basically the creditors of the company. So if you're buying a bond, you're a creditor, you're extending your money to the company in terms of a paid back rate of interest. So tier one is, you have different tiers. Tier one is literally the first in line. So the first person to get paid in the event of a bankruptcy and or liquidation. This wasn't a bankruptcy. This was actually a sale, even though it was kind of a negotiated bailout. So these bondholders got paid nothing, even though the bank got taken over. So what happens after the fact is you have these credit default swaps and credit default swaps basically insure bondholders in the event of a bankruptcy and liquidation. They kind of get paid out. So what happens is these bonds go to zero. People see that who own tier one bonds and other financial institutions, and they start buying this protection for something that's realistically probably not going to go under or and or in the event of a bankruptcy get paid out. 
So it gives the illusion that there's much more risk involved than there actually is on the entity level. And it scares a lot of people because, I mean, you only hear credit default swap spiking in severe times of financial distress. And that can be indicative that a company and or a bank are in a lot of trouble. This happened in 2008. And like I said before, Deutsche Bank doesn't necessarily have the same stresses as Credit Suisse does. But with this happening beneath the surface and it happening across all financial institutions, because now a lot, a lot of people are worried about being first in line and not getting paid. Um, this is a situation that's making things appear, not that they're great, but it's, it, it appears worse than they actually are on the surface. Look, I, I think it goes back really to that 08, 09 period and knowing what you own, right? We talk about that a lot here. We talk about that in meetings. Um, when you go out and buy a bank bond or you go out and buy a preferred stock or, or the equity of these companies, I really think that you have to know what you own and you are definitely taking risk on uh, as you purchase securities like this. So, you know, be careful as such because you're not going to get bailed out, most likely. I think you got to look at the Lehman, you know, uh, result, uh, you know ha what happened with Lehman Brothers and uh, definitely what happened with Bayer. So know the securities you buy and know the risk you're taking and, and you have to buy these things as such. Yeah, we've talked about this as being a larger credit event, you know, bondholders getting basically knocked down to zero. And that's necessarily not supposed to happen. Everyone can debate the merits, right? They can debate corporate structures, debate corporate governance. There was an article in Barron's over the weekend, like, you know, is the U.S. becoming uninvestable because, you know, of what was done with the SWIFT system with Russia and because what was done, uh, you know, with the AT1 capitals and these marriages that, you know, went through shotgun style without... Uh, shareholder approval. Um, and the regulators are being heavy handed with the banks because we know that that's the heart of the financial system. These banks have been relatively small. Credit Suisse has been known about. Deutsche is not Credit Suisse and know what you own. Well, the turmoil is causing investors to flee cash. And it's the biggest rush since the onset of the pandemic. Last week through Wednesday, global cash funds had inflows of nearly $143 billion, which is the largest since March 2020, for a total of $300 billion over the past four weeks. Money market funds have seen $238 billion in new cash in just two weeks, bringing total money market assets to more than $5.1 trillion. And that's the highest level on record, said Bloomberg. So the second question is, what do you think about what's going on in the money markets and could the bank turmoil hurt the money market funds? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I uh, the weekend that this happened, so it was uh, three weekends ago, um, you know, we convened our team and we went through exercises that we were doing in 08 and 09, making sure if we did have any non-FDIC insured money markets, uh, what were in the top holdings. And, and you know, in, in 2009, uh, you did have money markets going below the $1 mark doing what's called breaking the buck. You know, some money markets are not FDIC insured uh, and they hold overnight repos. They hold short-term corporate debt. In fact, if you look at the Fidelity prime money market, I believe one of the third holdings was a First Republic uh, piece of paper for, you know, for a couple percentage points. So Two and a half percent of the yeah. fund. So in the event First Republic went to zero, that money market gets a little bit in trouble. It might need a cash infusion. Yeah, so when you when you look at those holdings, right, you want to make sure that you are in FDIC insured holdings for your short term cash in times like this. 
or you want to make sure you're in guaranteed U.S. Treasuries. I mean, so um, look, the, the run to money market, it's basically run to cash uh, and a higher yielding cash. And people are, you know, people love that, you know, the money markets have a, a high four number or almost a five in front of them at some points. But you got to make sure you're in FDIC and short holdings in environments like this belt and suspenders. You know, that money, if it's for short term needs or for guaranteedness, make sure it is guaranteed. Um, you know, I, I I will go back to you know oh eight oh nine about four trillion at the high point I think in in, in cash, uh, you know, and definitely uh, pandemic uh, March you know maybe about four trillion uh, sitting in money markets. So this is obviously a run uh, to that M one certainly higher as we've pointed out many times since then. So that number being up 25 percent makes sense. But yeah, you have a lot of money sitting on the sidelines right now. Uh, those numbers generally build up at the wrong time. I do think it's going to be a volatile summer, depending on how this bank thing ends. Inflation's got to come down. What's important, though, let's look big picture. You got earnings coming up again. As Michael pointed out many times on the show, very low bar numbers for earnings and, and some decent reports, right? That's number one. Number two, the Fed had to move to they broke something. We kept saying that. They did break something. You know, maybe the breaking of these small banks, these are small, these are not systemically large institutions. Those institutions are fine as of now. Uh, you know, maybe it's equated to a one to one and a half percent interest rate hike. Uh, Neil Kashkari, uh, one of the Fed chairs, was out this week. So one of the Fed governors, I'm sorry, was out this week talking about that. Maybe it's 100 basis points of hike uh, by having the damage done to some of the banks. They went 25 basis points. The statement said that they're going to, you know, look and see now. So it looks like this is largely out of the way. And um, you do have to have time for the markets to digest these higher rates and with some bank troubles. Uh, but the regulators have been through this and they know how to, they know how to get through it. Um, I don't think you know, many more banks other than what we've seen in, their, in the regionals uh, have these issues, but it's gonna be volatile in here for now. Um, I, don't, I, I would not expose uh, myself to non-FDIC insured money markets right now. Yeah, it's a safety asset. So you don't want to run into any problems in terms of losing money and what your safe haven asset ultimately is intended to be. And your point to this tightening liquidity, I, I think it's great that the Federal Reserve officials are actually beginning to quantify what this actually means in terms of lending tightening up pretty considerably. And you know, you even saw... I believe it was 2018. It may have been 2015. Wells Fargo had a couple money market funds that seized up and you had to see cash infusions go into those. Like if those money markets seize up, ultimately at the end of the day, you can't necessarily get your money out until liquidity becomes evident again. And I think that this is a rolling type of liquidity event where this is going to happen from one entity to another. And to your point, cash building up, there's more cash built up right now than at the beginning of the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty then. So yep. we continue to be in this aftershock of this COVID time period. And this is all due to the fact that you have these COVID reverberations continuing to filter through the system. But this is a massively disinflationary event. I won't say deflationary yet because inflation is still not going to go you know, close to that zero bound. But this is a massively deflation, disinflationary event. I almost said it. Um, when you take it's definitely weakening up. Look at the price of diesel, right? Diesel fuel continues to fall. You know, jets use diesel, trucking uses diesel. And as those rates go down, that's going to be a forecaster, uh, you know, to what could happen and definitely a softening of the economy this summer. So those inflationary numbers are going to start to back right off the Fed. You're going to back off fast. Yes. Now, and to your point, maybe look at cutting at the end of the year now, 
a little too high. Okay, guys, that was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at uquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Happy, happy opening day for baseball. <laughs> happy. <laughs>